Hello, uh, it's uh, Bookish Talk, uh, the shorter version of uh, iBookBinding's podcast. Uh, today, our guest is Lori Sauer, and we wanted to talk about uh, uh, one of the recent uh, bindings of yours, uh, uh, the binding she made for last year's uh, Booker Prize shortlisted uh, books. Uh, hi, Lori. Hello. Uh, my co-host is Pavel, and I'm Stepan, and uh, we just go into it uh, right away. Uh, could you please uh, uh, tell us a bit about this binding, about this project, about the book? Okay, um, can I back up a little bit? Because I'd like to explain, I have a particular method. When, when the Booker Prize comes around every year, and we are, the fellows are all sent an email to say, are you interested? We say yes or no. Um, then the organizer will choose the six. Um, we can only do it every other year normally. Mm-hmm. And then what I do, if, if it's a year I'm going to work, I um, wait until July when they announce the long list. And then I look at those books. There's 13 of them. And I read reviews and I read synopses of the narrative. And I usually pick two that I think will make it onto the short list. Every time I've been right, <laughs> and then I read them because I want to have read it before the announcement of the shortlist because the shortlist is then announced in September. Mm-hmm. Because it makes me really, um, I get a bit anxious if I think that I'm only given the book on the day of the announcement and then I have to read it and design it. So I always start in July, try and second guess the judging. And I've done it seven times, and every time I've, I've picked the book that I wanted to do. Well, that, that's an impressive version of Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's what I did again this year. I read two. Um, I preferred The Shadow King, um, and I, I read it, so I'd already been kind of developing some ideas and things of, of where I wanted to go with it. How many yeah. times uh, have you uh, done the Booker uh, bindings before? Uh, this is my seventh. Did you join the project from the very beginning? When did it all start? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm not sure when the first one um, started with DB. I wasn't there at the beginning, that's for sure. My first one was 2005, um, but it had been going for uh, at least 15 years before that. I would, I think, I'm guessing, I'm not sure. Tell us a bit about this book that uh, you've uh, you've chosen this year. Okay, Um, The Shadow King uh, takes place in Ethiopia in the 1930s. And it's about the invasion of Ethiopia by Italy. And it focuses around the Ethiopian people who are who have fled into the mountains to kind of repel the Italian troops. And so it's just this bit of a, a war going on. And it's very um, brutal, very violent, and very dark. It's, it's written quite, uh, I think her style, Maza Lingesti, the author, it's very poetic and very beautifully written even though there are these horrible things happening in the book itself. And um, that's it. So it's, a, it's historical, but her characters, I believe, are her own creation. There's one Italian person that he's called the butcher of something or other. 
um, who was an actual historical character, mm -hmm. an Italian officer. But the other characters in it are, are ones of her, her own. And uh, the author is Ethiopian herself? She is. Uh, she lives in New York now, but Ethiopian by birth, yeah. Um, was it important for you that uh, uh, the author is uh, a woman? Do you no. prefer to go, uh, uh, um, uh, let me rephrase uh, that. Could you have told that it was written by a woman if you didn't know? Uh, no, I don't think so. She, she did write the women characters very well and sometimes men don't achieve the same. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said one or the other. And I don't prefer a woman author. I I, I look at the story, and kind of what it's about and where it's set, and the, the reviews guide me. What was your process in selecting uh, the themes for the binding itself? The techniques, the feel, the colors, the textures. And uh, let, let me please add a bit to this question, as, as this is not, not the first uh, uh, book you're binding for you. Uh, are there any uh, similar processes that you follow throughout the years with uh, different uh, book you're bindings? Uh, apart, apart from trying to guess who's going to be on the shortlist. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, not really, no. No, I approach all my books pretty much the same way and that I start with um, kind of materials and colors that come to mind. I'm, I'm not a figurative designer. They're always very abstract and they're always quite minimal. And so I'll, I'll choose colors and materials that I, that I like, that I think will fit with the story. I'm not trying to illustrate the story as such um, with anything obvious. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I think a lot about the structure because I always start with that. Um, of, they're all different. I never bind in the same way twice or very rarely. I like the mechanics of a book and how you attach boards. If it's gonna be a very rigid board or if it's going to be semi-flexible or softer. Um, and yeah, I think a lot about the structure and what that's gonna do and, and how it will influence my use of materials. And you don't always see what the structure is with the finished product, but I have spent yes. a great deal of time. And this one in particular is quite complicated. It looks really simple on the outside. <laughs> Underneath, mm -hmm. it's very complicated. It's a crossed structure binding, but one that I've modified. I mean, there's lots of versions of the cross structure and this is even another one of how I attach the spine and to cover up, you know, because usually you see the, the weaving straps on those books and I didn't want to see those. Made, I made the cover so that they, um, it was twice as long. In fact, I have a cover that was a reject here. And um, I made it twice, twice the, the book width. Fold it back on itself to the outside, from the inside to the outside and cover up those straps so you wouldn't see them. And I chose this time, I, I almost exclusively bind in vellum. And this time I decided instead to use stone veneer. And I don't know if you're familiar with stone veneer. 
Yeah, it's it's a very interesting material, and uh, I, not, I never used it, but but uh, but I understand it's not very easy to work with it. It's just like paper. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. uh, could you explain uh, for me what is it actually? How is it made? Well, it was developed in Italy initially for the car industry. I think that's still where it's used a lot. And it's so it's it's actual stone. They do slate and they do quartz as far as i know those two stones and each one they have about six different shades of the stone and they use a laser to shave it down to about a millimeter or less it's tiny and then they back it with whatever this is some kind of a, a polyester backing that holds it all together and I think they probably spray the front so that any flaking or chipping that it helps to keep everything together. But every so often on some of the, the markings, I don't know if you see this, on some of the markings, you can feel the actual stone and it will flake off. This has been laminated um, together back to back. So I have the same on both sides and it makes it a bit more rigid as well. Um, but, it, but it behaves just like paper. So this, this texture is the actual texture of the stone. It's continuous. It's, it's the stone. It's the, yeah, how they do it, I don't Amazing. know. Amazing. Is it difficult to work with? No. As I said, it's just like paper. Uh, is it durable? It's stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can eat your dinner off it and wipe it clean. <laughs> okay, that, that's that's yeah. an interesting new use for for, for the books. <laughs> Not really yeah. new, yeah. Many 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 generations did that, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just really 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 tough stuff. And you know, they use it on the dashboards and interiors of cars, and I think now they're using you know people using it to put on their walls. Um, so interior use, and it um, Shunevra introduced me to it because she uses it a lot in her work. And she was contacted by the, the maker in Italy because she'd been in touch with them before about something. And they said, are you interested in trying out this new material? And she said, yeah, okay. And so they sent her some and now she uses it. A, a lot of her work over the last I don't know, 10 years has been in stone veneer. So it, it wasn't uh, vellum binding, it was uh, stone veneer. So uh, stone uh, veneer for the Shadow King. And I liked it um, because it's dark and the novel's very dark. And they were up in the mountains. This is where they were hiding the, the characters, the Ethiopians. And I thought it just it just sort of fit. You know, they're up in a, a stony landscape and um, it's dark, but with these beautiful little textures and movement in the material itself that, that just gives it this nice subtle that, that kind of goes along with her poetic um, style of writing, I thought. So that's what I chose. I decided on, on this cross structure. Um, what I often do is I make models first, and this is mm -hmm. just out of heavy paper, um, to see how it's gonna work, how I can put everything together and then hide, hide the, um, the sewing straps, the weaving straps somehow. This doesn't go nearly as far as the book did, but it, would, it gave me enough of an idea to know it would work. And um, I, the spine is done in eel skin. And mm. this is exactly what I used. I had two of these. Mm -hmm. 
And so I use that because again, it's, it's um, got this beautiful kind of gray and white coloring to it. Yeah. And uh, super, super soft. And I like the contrast with that, with the stone. And so the veneers are Italian and uh, the eels are English, I presume? No, these come from the, the Dutchman, Hank de Groot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I know this seller. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, does he, all kinds of strange little animals. He he has a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. 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 And is this material uh, uh, very different to normal leather or vellum? It's very thin and very soft, so it's quite delicate. When I used it for the binding, I I backed it with. Um, handmade paper, which I think I sent you a photograph that has a picture of this, of a, a narrow strip with some side pieces yeah. on it. That's the handmade paper because I use those to weave into the slots of the cross structure. And the, uh, these gold speckles on the covers, they are, they're tooled or? They're, some are tooled and some are flicked with a toothbrush. Mm -hmm. So okay. I did formal ones with a, a small dot and they all focus on, on the lower part of the, the design. Uh, I'll explain one of, one of the scenes or what happens in the book is the Italians, when they captured the Ethiopians and they took them to this prison camp, they took them to an edge of a cliff and pushed them off. This is how they got rid of them. I mean, the, the way it's described, it's really harrowing. And um, she uses the motif of birds quite a lot in the book as well. So it's about flying and falling. So that, that was where, where the design really stems from, is, is things coming down either side of the spine and, and more concentration at the bottom. I'm not going to say that they're bodies because they're not bodies. It's, it's just symbolic. So the, the white lines are there and then the gold dots and then the flicking with uh, with liquid gold, uh, ormoline gold, which comes in liquid, and I just would flick it. Mm -hmm. And what about those linear, I assume they're inlays? They're inlays, yeah. Uh, uh, what are those made of? Those are paper, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. And I so I played around a lot. Um, at the beginning stages, when I'm laying out all my materials, um, and I put colors together and I put materials together and I kind of scoot them around and I see what goes with what. And I take lots of photographs on my, my iPad, just quick little shots of one design. And then I move something, I take another shot because I don't always remember what I've done. So that mm -hmm. then I can line them up and see which ones I like and which ones I don't. And I started with dark blue lines because the fly leaves are blue suede. Mm -hmm. And so I put blue on the outside and it made the whole thing really dark and it took weeks, not weeks, I didn't have weeks, but it took a long time before I put the, the light ones in and that worked. So it's just, you know, experimenting and trying. So you don't use drawing or anything? I do a lot of sketches and I also, after I lay out all the materials and I made a little model, paper model. I also will sometimes take 
the colors that I've chosen, the materials I'm going to use. And so this one is a dark gray and I might get a dark gray piece of paper, cut that out. And then I make them, I don't do this much of this digitally at all. Then, then I lay out and I make like little paper designs and cut little strips here and there and lay them on and move them about. So I do that apart from sketching. Sketching is the first stage. The next stage is um, making paper collage kind of mock-ups, little mock-ups and things. I was wondering uh, why uh, is uh, a book structure so important uh, for you, especially when you can't see much of it from uh, I find it is, I find it challenging to think about new or slightly varied ways of attaching things. I think a, a book is a, it's a three-dimensional object that has hinges. And so the, the traditional forwarding process of, that you do and then you lace on the boards, I haven't done one of those for years. Um, I, I just love structures. And I also um, tend to, this one, it was hidden, most of it, but it allowed me to have the spine, to get the spine on the way I wanted and to have, to don't have any joints or grooves anywhere at the hinge. And so that the boards would, would flex right at the point. And I, the book isn't backed, it's just rounded. I often use design elements to emphasize the structure as well. So I think they go hand in hand. It's like the Bauhaus thing, you know, that you don't have one without the other. Just something that I really love and fi I find it artistically challenging and stimulates my mind and I don't get bored doing the same thing over and over. And... Um, were there any, were there any uh, challenges, uh, some, 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 uh, challenges with this binding and uh, uh, what was the most challenging Booker Booker Prize binding you ever made? Oh gosh, you didn't prepare me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think the most interesting one, my first one back in 2005, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very slow binder mm -hmm. and to have these confines of just this window of, of about four weeks to do something, I thought, okay, I'll try it. I'll just make myself get, jump in there and do it. So when I, I did the first one, it was also a cross structure. And um, I found it so liberating to work quickly and to, and the structure in that one was used really, it was tied in really closely with the materials I used and the colors and the changes and the weaving and all that kind of thing. And so in a way, maybe that was the most challenging um, mentally, <laughs> emotionally to get it done. And it changed the way I worked from then on. So it was a real turning point so it was an important experience for you. In, it in was very ways. important. It just changed. Yeah. And I, and I stopped thinking so much about, oh, I have to lace in boards to make a, you know, a, a binding that's going to be considered you know, acceptable and serious. And yeah. I've just, I've just opened the 25 list of Booker bindings and the photos are not signed, but I could see your work immediately. Oh, really? 
interesting. You certainly have a very uh, difficult to describe style, but uh, it's it's very much your own. You you like min minimalist approach, okay. somewhat brutal, and uh, certainly word uh, Bauhaus comes to mind again. It's very very uh, very uh, very structural, very honest book. I try and pare things back, and I keep paring back and paring back. And there's a binding I'm working on at the moment for an exhibition that's coming up in Brussels for DB later in the year. And this one is so pared back. I'm really nervous. It's <laughs> just, you know, but I think it'll work. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, why do you think uh, uh, that is? Uh, why is your taste and your style like this? I, I like to let the contents of the book do the talking. The author is the person who's created this piece. It's their narrative and their story. I do not want to try and interpret really what their message is. And yes, it'll be my style and it's, it's the way I like to move things along um, to just make it very simple and, and subtle. I like, I like the understatement really about design. And they're ones I think that you have to live with for a while to, to look at, to kind of get where I'm going, maybe. Mm -hmm. And who would you say yep. your influences uh, were and are? Are they uh, in the book trade or are they mainly outside, like architectural? Uh, it's mainly outside. I look a lot at textile design, uh, quilt design. I look at architecture a lot. Um, I look at paintings, abstract painters who I kind of follow, contemporary people. Like Richter, I assume? Carol uh, uh, Richter? His work certainly comes to mind. Could you could you name oh, any? Other? Yeah, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Somebody like um, Eva Hess and her drawings, and um, Agnes Martin, who I just adore her paintings. Um, so it's that. Yeah, I look I look outside really of of bookbinding, and look at you know just different materials, different media. I look at, you know, things like um, uh, manholes on the ground and just the way that people put stones in the ground for landscaping, just, just all, all sorts. Uh, uh, this reminds me uh, of uh, what Cornelia Parker uh, says of her process. She, uh, a few years back, she uh, completed a wonderful sculptural project where she cast uh, cracks in the uh, ground in gold so she uh, and uh, uh, for, uh, for her it's also uh, influences uh, from uh, uh, from a life from what she sees on the way uh, uh, to work and uh, but 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 also uh, of uh, other artists i like how, how it all interacts yeah yeah and for me uh, yeah sorry and what uh, what what is your background what is your education uh, fine art, where I, I was going to be a painter, and then I got so far along and I realized there are too many other people who could paint better than I could, so I, 
I, I first started in architecture, to tell you the truth. I, I began my university as an architectural student. And then I discovered that I had to design where the pipes went and the <laughs> water and the electrics. And I said, no, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I, I just kind of sidestepped into the art department and, um, and concentrated on painting. And at the end of when I decided I wasn't going to be a good enough painter, I took up photography, which I did for about 10 years, black and white photography. Um, so it's, it's kind of mixed. And then I did a, a graduate, postgraduate degree in English literature in order to help me think more clearly about visual narrative, verbal narrative, visual narrative. And that was really hard because <laughs> it was very, very academic from an arc background. And so, so yeah, that's where, where I spring from. Finding started much later. I worked in publishing the first few years of my life and um, it isn't what I wanted to, to keep doing because I like to make do things with my family. So I discovered book fun. I guess uh, your interest in, in different structures also stems from your uh, background in, in architecture. Oh, uh, yes, most likely. Are you only interested in designer bookbinding? And by the way, how do you define that field? Oh, it's it's so has so many definitions. You know, to to everybody, it's a different thing. I you know, I that's, know. that's what uh, we found out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> during our talks, it's, it's, it's not the first time I'm asking this question, and uh, I ha I haven't I'm yet to receive uh, two identical answers, which is why I'm interested in what you think. Yeah, because you know, there's people who are there's people who are more traditional. They like things very formal. The other end is you get the artist books and people who generate their own content. Um, there's some fantastic things happening in that more in the States, I think, than in the UK. Um, and a designer, bookbinder, gosh, I don't know. Am I one? I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I'm using uh, books as a platform to, to create images that I find pleasing and I hope communicate something. It certainly seems uh, that making one-offs is an important principle for you. Or are you just bored repeating yourself? I get, I get, I get bored. I don't like it. I've had people come in and they say they want 10 albums and they all look alike. And I just take a deep breath and say, okay. And I do them, but I try and avoid that kind of work. Yeah, the one-off, because nothing ever comes out the same again anyway, as far as I'm concerned, because you're in a different place, a different point. Um, you make different mistakes that you have to incorporate into it. Um, yeah. Do you use assistance? Because that could help producing uh, uh, around? No, I, what, to have somebody work with me? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I'm too erratic in my my schedule in my day i'm not very well disciplined and um covid has really emphasized that <laughs> as well <laughs> so i sometimes i i take a long time to get going in the morning and i'll be in there at half past 10 at night in my studio doing something because that's all of a sudden i get an idea and i want to go and work um so it, i couldn't have somebody with me it, it just i i'm not structured enough for that 
Do you work from home? Do you have your studio attached to your home? Yeah, it's attached. I had, so, it, I had it purpose built about three years ago. So it's like a barn. I had it built in the style, style of a, a local barn made from um, metal. So COVID didn't uh, interrupt your working process in any way? Or... It's, it's, it's not the work on bindings, but I do a lot of teaching and it's completely, you know, knocked all of that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a real problem mm. for for many for many bookbinders. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. And I decided not to go down the route of doing stuff online because I'm too much of a I don't know uh, control or I, the quality control. I just don't feel that I can I can do. And the things I teach aren't usually entry level binding. Mm -hmm. They're you know they're a bit more sophisticated, and I think you have to be in person to do that stuff well. I'll just mm. wait so we can do it again. Yeah, really hope uh, it will change pretty soon for everyone. Yeah. We were also told that this year you were unable to talk to the authors of the books you are bound in person, but did you have any kind of feedback from them? I, um, when I sent my book off, I wrote a letter to the author and I stuck it in the box with my book so that it wouldn't get intercepted and <laughs> taken away. <laughs> And I put my email at the bottom and I had an email from her, which was really nice. Just, just saying thank you and for the time and care and consideration for making it and yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is nice. Yeah, but even, um, even sometimes when I first did it, um, uh, the booker, there would be occasions when the author, we didn't have a chance to even talk to the author when there was a dinner. And that was really frustrating because we didn't sit at their tables. We were, were shoved, the binders were shoved out to the edge of the room. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, so, and they're all busy with the press and their, you know, their publishers and everything. And, and so um, I didn't, like Margaret Atwood, I met for about 30 seconds and then somebody came and took her and whisked her away. Mm -hmm. um, and then they changed it so we could sit at the table with the authors. And that was fantastic because we, we were able to sit and, and chat to them. So the rest of them I've, I've been able to talk to. And what kind of feedback did you get from them? Well, during the dinner, they haven't had the book yet. So they haven't seen it. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Uh, then they get it towards the end and then they'll open yeah. it up. But I mean, they're so full of adrenaline for the evening. They're not going to focus on you know, the binding. So I just give them space and they can enjoy their, their moment of fame, I think. But it is nice, yeah, yeah. To, to meet them in, in the flesh. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, I guess we will wrap it up with uh, with uh, this topic. Uh, uh, you, only if uh, if you want to add something, Lori or Pavel want to add, 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 add another question, but uh, um, it's... No. I don't think so. I made a list of things to cover, and I think I've covered them yeah. all. Yeah, I think I think we asked uh, all the questions we wanted to ask, and uh, mm -hmm. we talked uh, uh, quite quite a lot about this binding. And I hope it will inspire other people to try different structures and different materials. And uh, well, experiment. so do I. That's that's my mission, really, especially with the masterclasses I run, to try and really push structures and how interesting they can be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, Laurie, for 
for this story and uh, for uh, some insights in how uh, you uh, made, uh, how you created this binding. And uh, uh, I would like to say thanks to our viewers and our supporters uh, on Patreon uh, uh, who help us to pay for editing of, of our podcasts. Uh, uh, and uh, thanks. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Thank you very much for asking. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great pleasure. Thank you.